The council voting to remove police chief Anthony Chachi Paparo from the department. This all started after the chief claims his job was on the line because of his race and says he learned some council members preferred a black chief to run the force. You say to everyone who says this is about race. This is not about race. I hired him in 2017. That music can only mean one thing. The Delaware Valley Journal is on the air. The official podcast of DelawareValleyJournal.com, which we hope you are checking every day, getting our twice a week newsletter. You can sign up right at the DelawareValleyJournal.com website and following us on Twitter, DV underscore journal, and on Facebook as well. A special edition of the podcast because we're recording it on the morning after the Yaden Borough Council voted to fire police chief Anthony Chachi Paparo. And the police chief joins us, and we will talk about how we got here and the events and his response to them. Let's start with Delaware Valley News Editor Linda Stein. Linda? So, Chief, about a year ago, you began to hear rumors uh, that you um, your job may be in jeopardy. Yeah, and uh, right after the uh, May primary, I started... Uh, Again, we're a, a fairly close-knit community. There's uh, 11 and 12,000 residents. Uh, majority of them have my a- actual personal cell phone. I don't even use a business phone. I'm out on the street every day, so I see people every day, either you know, stopping by and saying hello, uh, you know, having a cup of coffee. You know, just I have a, a program called Operation House Call where you can text me. Call me and I'll stop by your house, uh, kind of like what the doctors used to do back in back in the day. Um, you know, kind of reveal my age a little bit here, but um, you know, I'll stop there and I'll talk to you about anything. Um, uh, you know, you have a uh, you have a problem with something going on in your house. I try to I try to help people save money. I, one of the things that is a big problem in Yaden, believe it or not, is is uh, animal control. And, and a lot of people, will, you know, will call somebody for you know, get rid of a groundhog and, you know, it may cost them two, three hundred hours to have that done. Well, I went out and bought my own traps and I'll set a trap in your backyard for you to take care of the, uh, the animal that, that's creating problems for you. And again, it's another way to meet people other than just through a 911 call for an emergency or an accident or, um, a, you know, you're a crime victim or you're having a problem with your neighbor. I'm coming there and, uh, you know, we're just we're talking like, you know, one-on-one human-to-human um, and then interacting in, in, in other, other things. I, I've actually taken days off. Uh, we have a deer problem in Yaden, and I've actually taken days off uh, to help some of the elderly residents. And I put up, uh, they, they purchased it, but I it, to save them money uh, for installation, I actually installed deer fencing for uh, a few residents just to, and again, it's a lot of the residents are concerned or like who's going to carry on these programs. And, you know, I, when I was doing all this stuff, I got to be honest with you, I wasn't thinking to like, you know, the guy that replaces me, uh, I actually feel bad for him because I don't know that he's going to be able to keep up with the, the energy level that I had to do some of the things I was doing. I have a, well, well, chief, let me, let me interrupt right there, chief, because you mentioned the person who's going to take, do do you know who that's going to be? Well, they, they, the mayor is the one that appoints an interim chief. Um, The the council, uh, you know, 
back to when I started hearing back in May about, you know, them, somebody wanting me out and uh, they were going to start accusing me of being racist and all this other stuff. Um, when every time somebody was coming and telling me something, I was like, nah, I can't believe it. Dude. There's, uh, there's too much good going on in the community. And then uh, in June of, of last year, I got information that he had this new county. Yaden's kind of funny when it comes to the politics as far as like when you win the primary in May, you are basically assured the council seat, the mayor's seat or whatever in the November primary because there's no um, competition. You're, you're alone on the ticket. So one person can show up to vote as long as you've made it through the primary, you are the next council. Right. So, so this new group of four were running around and three in particular were uh, apparently running around saying that, you know, it's a black town. It's about time we had a black chief. Um, I, I met with the council president at one point and she, she said, you know, I, I know you're popular. You've done good things, but at the end of the day, it's a new council, new direction. Um, and well, I how did that make you feel? I, I'll be honest with you. It, uh, it destroyed me because how do you throw away people like that? How do you throw away people like that? And how do you take, how do you destroy what the community, the police department and I have built because, because of that. And last night was supposed to be my due process because, uh, I think it was February, I can't remember, the beginning of the month, council president called me in and she reiterated again that it's a new council, new direction. So I now have secured four votes to fire you. So you can either accept a three-month severance and resign, or I'm going to fire you. And I, I told her I'm not going to resign. And I, at that point, not only had the mayor, but other uh, counselors had come forward to say that the reason I was being terminated or the reason that I, I was going to be let go was because they wanted a black chief. This new council wanted a black chief for, for the black town. And then what happened on January 3rd, the morning of the uh, reorganization where everybody gets sworn in, the current counselor or the new council vice president who had not been sworn in yet she called the police department at about 9 15 in the morning looking for uh, one of my detectives and the detective is a, is a black officer and she called him and the black the detective came to me after taking the phone call i got into work he came to me and he said chief i just want to let you know I received a phone call from uh, Aaron Johnson and she said that you were going to be terminated and that I was going to be the new chief of police. And uh, all I had to do was tell them what I wanted in my contract, the length of the terms. Um, I was completely caught off guard. I told her that we have a chief. I support my chief, um, but I wanted you to know what was transpiring. So with that phone call that she made, all those rumors came to reality. 
You know, uh, the new council president, uh, Sharon Council Harris, says that it's really about the $387,000 that had to be paid to absorb the costs of overtime under your management. And I know your attorney talked about that a lot in the uh, hearing. Explain to to a person who doesn't understand the the overtime and the funding and you were trying to get new officers in. How would a normal person understand that money? And isn't that a legit reason to fire someone is, hey, you cost us $387,000? No, and I'll tell you why, all right? This went over a two-year time period. And during that two years, my my department strength is supposed to be 21 officers. When I started in 2018, it was 14. In 2019, uh, I, I started the year with 13. And then during the course of the year, I had five officers out for over six months. So, so at one point, I was working with eight police officers when I'm supposed to be 21 strong. So I contacted the mayor and I told him, and I, I, and again, the mayor is in charge of the police department. I contacted the mayor and I also spoke to the council that was in place at that time in 2019. And I said, I am literally hurting. I can't keep, I don't have enough guys to put on the street. Right. Um, and I said that, you know, I can't conceive of, I, I can't conceivably work with one officer on the street um, because my, uh, my actual patrolman strength was only six. So I called and I said, listen, because we have part-timers, but the, the part-timer contract says you uh, you have what's called a bank of hours, and it's based on what the full-time officers have for time off for the year. And it ranges, and it depends on how many cops you have. So if I had 21 cops, uh, and just using a, a minor example, but let's say 100 hours, 100 hours a cop, It'll be 2,100 hours. Do you follow me on that? Right. That, that that would be my bank to be able to use. Now, my now and it varies. So with 13 cops, I have 1,300 hours. But what I'm, what's not held against me is uh, when I send cops for training, uh, when cops are out sick, when cops are on vacation, cops use their time, um, I can, I can uh, use a part-time to replace that full-time cop. But here's where the, the issue came into play. And even the attorneys during the, the, the work that was going on between the FOP attorney and the borough attorney, I'm good. One, one, one theory was I was good if it was, if it was a full-timer, but when it came to the part-timer, they burned me for training part-timers. Now, the problem is if I don't train cops, if I don't train them and I just put them on the street with a set of keys and a gun and they do something wrong, there's, I can I I can literally be sued and the borough can be sued for a federal civil civil rights violation of failure to train. That sounds like so, a catch twenty two, there, Chief. It, it, exactly. Well, it's it's hard, I think, for the average person to follow. But the point is, yeah, that there's yeah, a legitimate there's a disagreement there's a disagreement about how to handle it obviously you had a crisis right. when you're down to eight officers right and so i don't think anyone would argue that uh this is one of those cases where well of course you had to fire him obviously there are two sides of that story which bring people back to the idea that mm-hmm. the people who were elected 
to, you know, to the borough council. They had a vision. Mm -hmm. They do have a vision. What about the idea that e even if you were the best cop ever, you're like, whatever, I don't know, Marshall Dillon, or, or you know, I don't know who's, who's the best cop, whoever, you know, right. CS, right. You're, you're CSI Yaden, that it's right. just a good thing for the community when you have a majority black citizens to have a chief law enforcement officer who's also black. That's the argument that they make. What do you say to that argument? I don't do anything based on the color of someone's skin. And I, I don't think that because it's a majority black town that that needs to be a requirement or even something to look at. I mean, if, if, if I wasn't doing the job, I wasn't uniting the community. There, there, there are, there are people in the community, people in the community were coming out in droves and they started actually, instead of putting it in a hall where it would hold the 400 people that were showing up, they put, put it in the borough council chambers to reduce the number to 75. Um, people were up in arms. They started, they, they took off the, uh, the zoom thing. This was an agenda. Um, and again, you know, if I wasn't doing the job, if I wasn't putting my heart and soul into this community, if, if I wasn't, you know, I, I literally have no words for how, I don't think there's words in English language to describe how the community has just come out and support. I don't think I could ever imagine and experience what I'm experiencing with this community. Chief, what is next for you? Well, my, my, my attorney, well, a couple things. Number one, you know, this, this council is so, so hell-bent that I foresee that they will install a new chief very quickly. Yeah, and, and my attorney, the, the, and the, the sickening part about, you know, like one of the counselors made a comment that, you know, uh, you know going back to the money thing, she also made it, she also made a, a false accusation last night that this came out of the general fund. No, it didn't. I'm a good money manager. When this settlement came to fruition and I had been vehemently against it, I wanted to go to arbitration. I wanted to, to testify in front of an arbitrator because not only in 2019 did I deal with um, uh, eight, uh, down to eight officers, but in 2020, I dealt with COVID. I dealt with the, the civil unrest, um, responses to other communities for assistance. Um, and the, the, I saved enough money in my budget this year that I made that they were doing two installments uh, to the officers, uh, two installments this year and two installments uh, uh, last year. I saved enough money in my budget to cover the $193,000, I think it was, that had to be paid out for the first half. Does this still, um, even though this, this thing happened, uh, does this uh, shake your faith in the goodness of uh, humanity, Chief? No. Yeah. I did want to follow up with one last question on, on Linda's, which is you started talking about what your plans are next, and then you got sidetracked about yeah. the uh, debate over the yeah. money. What are you doing well, next? What should we watch for? Well, I want to go back to work. I, there's so much more Aiden and I have to do. But my, like I just said to you, my, I think my attorney's on the same page with me that they're going to they're gonna try and put somebody in new quickly. So my attorney's evaluating whether or not we will uh, seek an injunction to hold my position open until litigation is over. Um, but uh, they, 
violated, not only were they discriminatory towards me, but they violated my civil rights and my due process civil rights. Um, and, uh, um, you know, I don't want to harm the residents of Haven. I want, I want to come back to work uh, and I want to and I want to continue to carry out what we're doing. Um, and uh, and to get, to get for you guys, for a little bit of research, and maybe for your audience, for a little bit of research, um, I invite you to go online and look at Love is the Answer movement. And you'll see Yadam Police on there all over the place. It's uh, AJ Ali, who is a, uh, a gentleman, uh, lives out in California. He uh, produced a movie called Walking Wild Black, Love is the Answer. And him and I are close friends. And he, uh, I brought his program to Yaden. And it was one of the, the catalysts in 2019. Um, after I met him in 2018, that uh, changed the complete dynamics of what's going on in Yaden. Because I, I, I let people know that, that I see them and I hear them and they matter to me. Police Chief Anthony Chachi Paparo of Yaden, thank you so much for joining us here on the Delaware Valley Journal podcast. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Chief. Take care. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Delaware Valley Journal on the air. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends, post it on social media. And if you haven't, sign up for our twice a week newsletter so you don't miss any of the terrific content from DelawareValleyJournal.com. Thanks again. I'm your host, Michael Graham.